0: I'd like to begin by thanking Jesus because he's here this morning. Would you please stand up with me and let us just spend a minute praying together. We are all here to encounter God. Amen. Amen. And we encounter God in worship. We're grateful for this. And Jesus is the leader of this meeting. We are not inviting the Holy Spirit as our guest. Jesus is the leader and the host and we are his guests amen so let's just please spend a few minutes saying lord we want to encounter you lord declare him as lord of this meeting we want to hear you in his word just a few minutes amen Amen. lord you are the alpha and the omega the beginning and the end, the King of kings and Lord of lords. Lord, you are worthy of all honor or glory. Lord, you created all things, and by your will, they exist. Lord, we thank you for your presence. Lord, you are Lord and King of this meeting, and we are your guests. Lord, we are here to hear your voice. Lord, open our eyes to see wonders from your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you very much. Please be seated. I'm truly honored to be here. I love this church. I have a lot of respect and love for Bethany and Daryl. And uh, this church has a prophetic voice to the region, not just to this local area. The Lord stirred my heart this morning to share about recognizing and understanding the interaction of the Holy Spirit with our hearts with an emphasis on looking together at Paul's prayer in Ephesians, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God, which I believe is our greatest need as individuals and as churches. The scripture says, David said in Psalm uh, 119 your word is a lamp to my feet and this is a very interesting picture of course this is written years ago when the only source of light that they had was these oil lamps and when it was pitch dark they would light them and it would show them the way and light and darkness in the scriptures has many references one of them is light, is clarity, revelation, understanding, and darkness is lack of clarity, lack of understanding, lack of revelation. So what the Word of God says here in uh, in Psalms one nineteen is that the Word of God brings clarity, brings understanding, brings revelation so we can see our way. And this is the same thing that uh, Peter said in 2 Peter 1.19, and we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. The scripture talks about two voices mainly, There's the voice of the beloved in the Song of Songs, chapter 5. Where it says, the voice of the beloved knocked on my door. It's the voice of the good shepherd in John chapter 10. Who goes before the sheep and leads them. But it also talks about another voice. The voice of the stranger. And it says, and they do not hear the voice of the stranger. And the voice of of the stranger could be very obvious from someone who or sources who do not follow Christ, have a a, a, a secular humanist worldview, and it could be from respectable sources, respectable books or podcasts, but they're not the voice of the beloved. They're not the voice of the good shepherd. But sometimes also Sarah, uh, Abraham's wife, Give him bad advice. Not to wait on the promises of God. But to have a child with Hagar. So sometimes the voice of a stranger comes through well-meaning people in ministry. And this is why actually uh, Paul warns in in Colossians. It says, see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit. According to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world and not to Christ. Now, he was not talking to them about Gentile people. He was talking about people in ministry to discern what, who they are listening to and who they are hearing from. So, I'm going to uh, begin by talking about uh, the subject of recognizing the Holy Spirit uh, first point that the scripture teaches us is obviously that God is a spirit. He exists in the spirit realm, outside this physical realm, outside, not confined by space or time. And uh, let's look at a few verses. And he rules over the spirit realm. And we'll look at a few verses here. John four twenty four, obviously. God is a spirit, and those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and truth. Second Corinthians three seventeen. Now the Lord is the Spirit. The second thing, and there is also another reference here. I don't have to read all of them. Job thirty three. That the Spirit of God has made me. And the second thing is, that the scripture teaches, is that our essence is also a spirit. We are spirits. We are not primarily, as you know, our brain tissue, our heart muscle. We're not even the sum of our thoughts and emotions. Our essence is a spirit. And it is that part of us, and let's look at some... Uh, Verses shortly. It is that part of us. The spirit. That interfaces with the spirit of God. So God gave us. Our minds. To engage with the physical realm. To understand and grasp. The laws that govern. The physical realm that God ordains. And our spirits. Is the primary key. To interface with the Spirit of God. So let me give you an analogy. Uh, Now all computers, laptops and desktops, have an internal Wi-Fi card. Some of you are too young to remember this and some of you will remember it. It used to be that you have to go to Best Buy and buy a Wi-Fi card if the computer did not come with an internal Wi-Fi card. And put it so that you can capture the Wi-Fi signal similarly our spirits it's kind of like that wi-fi card it is the part of us that receives the broadcast the signals from the spirit of god and then we articulate them we grasp them through our minds and our emotions but we do not primarily walk with god only in our with our intellect or only with our emotions that will be like to use the same analogy the motherboard of the computer does not pick up that wi-fi signal it's the wi-fi card so our intellects do not necess- are not the, the part that interfaces and pick up the wi-fi signal it's the wi-fi it's our spirits And then we articulate that, we understand that through our minds and our emotions. This is very important, actually, because the Western culture is primarily influenced by secular humanism. Now, the roots of secular humanism goes way back to the... uh, uh, the, uh, Enlightenment period in Europe which, was, which is referred to as many of you know The age of reason And what happened is that Back then there was corruption in the Catholic Church And as a res- partly as a response to that There was this dawn of the age of reason Of the age of enlightenment And the enlightenment period Was marked by two significant cornerstones One is rationalism rationalism which is the idea that we are capable of using our faculty of reason to gain all kind of knowledge and this was a sharp turn away from uh, the idea that knowledge comes from scriptures or from the church even even spiritual knowledge and then the second cornerstone was empiricism like where it comes from empirical evidence which means that knowledge comes from experience and observation of the world. Now the average person living in the Western Hemisphere does not think much about the spirit realm, it's not on their radar. When many, most people don't even, you know, believe in the spirit realm. I'm not talking about church-going people, I'm no, the average person. Uh, but in other parts of the world, this is an international community I noticed, so maybe your parents who are immigrants or maybe if you are from another part of the world who have not been uh, influenced by the Enlightenment period, uh, then you readily believe in the supernatural or readily believe in the spirit world. I come from the Middle East and most people in the Middle East readily believe in... Uh, there is something beyond our physical realm. That there is the supernatural exists. The spirit realm exists. Uh, so, now I was talking about the average person in the Western Hemisphere versus other parts of the world, but even church-going people, you know, followers of Christ, have been somewhat influenced by the intellectual movement of. You know, that I mentioned that sometimes when they approach God and they approach things of God, they approach it intellectually and not spiritually. Does that make sense to you? So, uh, now the scripture, this is not what the scripture clearly instructs us to do as we will open up uh, together and see. It's not that the scripture, uh, Instructs us to be irrational or does not value the intellect or but it is that trying to approach god scriptures with your intellect and not with your spirit is like trying to open your car key with your house key it's the wrong interface so we need to develop and understand our spiritual uh, knowledge and awareness so that we use the right interface and the right key and the scripture clearly outlines these things and the pathway to it amen okay so <clears throat> let's look at some verses that talk about our essence as spirits first thessalonians 5:23 now may god uh, may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of the Lord. So again, our essence is the spirit. It's like the lobster's essence. You know, the lobster is inside a shell. Our body our and, and soul, some people say that the soul is the mind and the emotions and the will, which, which makes sense. Uh, so, our essence is like the real lobster; is not the shell. So that's what it talks about. Zechariah 12:1. Thus says the Lord, who stretches out the heavens, lays the foundation of the earth, and forms the spirit of man within him. Uh, now, in uh, in the West, in our today. You know, day-to-day language, we don't use this language. We don't talk about my spirit and your spirit. It would sound weird. It actually sounds weird to me and I'm kind of familiar with this language. It's not even weird to me. We would sound like this, this is not familiar uh, you know, not uh, common language. But let's look at what the scripture says and it's a very common use in the scripture. So let's go to a couple of verses. Job 10:11. You gave me life ...and showed me kindness... ...and in your providence... ...watched over my spirit. Psalm 31.5. Into your hands... ...I commit my spirit. Uh, I, I don't have to read them all, but... ...people in the scriptures were aware... ...of the spiritual world... ...were aware of their own spirits... ...and they mentioned them. Now often in the scripture... Spirit and heart are interchangeable proverbs seventeen twenty two a merry heart does good like medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. Point number three the spiritual life, our relationship with God again occurs primarily in your spirit in our spirits and in, in, in In the inner man. It does not primarily occur. In our intellects. Or our emotions. Though we. Express. What we grasp in the spirit. Through our minds and through our emotions. Let's read a few verses that are very important about this. 2nd Corinthians 2. 10 to 12. But God. Has revealed them. Revealed is a very significant word. Now when God revealed them. Revealed them. Is not something that we grasped intellectually and understood. It's something that we could not see before. And then God caused us to see it. But God revealed them to us through his spirit. For... The spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Again, look at the the next uh, uh, verb here. Now we have received. Received. Not the spirit of the world. But the spirit who is from God. That we might know the things that have been given freely from God. So this is something like the blind man who could not see. And Jesus opened his eyes. And he says, I once was blind and now I see. This is what happens when we grasp spiritual things. Amen? Uh, let's look at. Also, Romans 1, 9. Oh, let's, actually, let's uh, skip that one. Um, in Revelations 1:11 it talks about, I was in the spirit in the Lord's day. When John had this encounter, I was in the spirit in the Lord's day. A friend of mine uh, who is a, is a preacher who is now with the Lord, he was a prophetic person. And I used to ask him, what do you think about when you're preaching or when you're, uh, and, and he used to say that he used to say he's usually taken up in the spirit that he would, was not really aware of the surroundings. Uh, not that he was in a trance, he was, you know, obviously preaching, but that he was aware of, it, of the spirit of God. He was taken up in the spirit, not really trying to sort of grasp things intellectually Number four, true spiritual knowledge and understanding of the scriptures occurs by what the what the scriptures uh, say by illumination or revelation, which is again an interaction uh, between the Holy Spirit and our spirits, and we Grasp this information and express it in emotions and thoughts. Uh, this revelation comes again outside our own ability, and I could share with you. Maybe this is also your testimony. When I came to Christ, I could not understand the Scripture before. It was, you know, it was very interesting to me. But all of a sudden, when I came to Christ. I began, wow, I understand the scriptures. I have hunger for it. Uh, It makes sense to me. That is not something that uh, was, I grasped intellectually overnight. It was the Holy Spirit opening my eyes to understand scriptures. Does that make sense to you? So, and we're going to see a few things, uh, a few places where this is very clearly illustrated. Acts 16, 14 Now a certain woman named Lydia heard us. She was a seller of purple uh, from the city of Theatra who worshipped God. The Lord opened her heart to heed the things spoken by Paul. There is something that's supernatural outside her ability outside her intellect that the Lord did for her to grasp this. The Lord, when you grasp something, when you all of a sudden see something in the scriptures that you have not seen before, you have not grasped it by your intellect but the Holy Spirit opened your eyes like he opened his eyes to see something. Again, in Luke 24 verse 45 and he Talks about the disciples that were working in the MOS road. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. We need the Holy Spirit to open our understanding so we can grasp scriptures. Amen. Matthew 16:17, when Jesus told Peter, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. But my father in heaven. So the idea is. We understand spiritual things. We understand God. His ways. What he's saying. Through our spirits. We understand scripture. Through the interaction between the spirit of God. And our spirits. Now in again in the west sometimes. People who grew up with. 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 Exercising their intellectual muscle, and then took that to their approach to scriptures. Sometimes, the 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 spirit muscle is a bit loses some muscle mass. It's a bit atrophied. It's not exercised. And sometimes, I don't know how uh, uh, <clears throat> you know we need to develop and to recognize recognize. Heeding the voice of the spirit. Of our inner spirits. And that takes exercise as the scripture will show us in a second. We already read uh, uh, Ephesians. Let's read 1 Corinthians 2. 10 to 15. But God has revealed them through the spirit. For the spirit searches all things yes the deep things of god and then jumping to verse 14 but the natural man and the natural man includes our minds and our emotions does not receive the things of the spirit of god for their foolishness unto him nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned <clears throat> and then we talk uh, romans eight sixteen talks about the spirit himself bears witness. You know that this image is very interesting. It's like an image of someone in court standing up to testify in a case. Yes, I saw that person doing this thing. That's the image that the Spirit of God witnesses to our spirits, testifies to our spirits about something. And that witness of the Holy Spirit, E. W. Tozer wrote about it. And uh, he wrote that you know, it's, it's something that the evangelical church need to be, to develop, to understand, to appreciate. That they have lost that witness of the Holy Spirit recognition. Again, in terms of uh, phrases like witnessing or testifying, again, is found in John fifteen twenty six. But when the helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father... The Spirit of Truth. It says, "He will testify of me." Amen. Okay. Um, So, Watchman Nee said, "Our spirit knows; our mind understands." And there was a uh, French. Philosopher named, a mathematician and philosopher named Pascal, he says, Our spirit has reason that reason does not know. Meaning, you could have a job offer, you could have, could be on crossroads, and something could look very good on paper, right? But something in your spirit, in your gut feeling, you're uneasy about it and you don't know why that's what this means our spirits have reason that reason does not know and this is why what it means that the scripture says: trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding there are two sources of information you have information in the natural and that could good look on paper But you have information from the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God could give you a witness of the Holy Spirit that could possibly be different than the information that you have in the natural. And the scripture says to trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. And it's very interesting that even now... People in business, even in the military, they train their people to listen to their gut feeling. If you Google this, you'll find that actually a lot of people in the secular world train their people to listen more to their intuition. Now, this is all about the spirit of wisdom and revelation, which we greatly need. When we have the spirit of wisdom and revelation, we experience the presence of God. So when David wrote, better is one day in your court than a thousands elsewhere, he was not writing poetry. This was his testimony. He experienced the presence of God. He had the spirit of wisdom and revelation of the glorious attributes of God. And this was my testimony is better is one day in your court than a thousand elsewhere. When Paul wrote, I consider all things rubbish for the sake of the knowledge of Jesus Christ, he was not using hyperbole, he wasn't exaggerating. Again, he had the spirit of wisdom and revelation, and this was his testimony. Do we see with the same clarity that they see? We want to see with the same clarity what they see. Amen? Again, this is another way of the Shulamite bride in the Song of Songs. When she said, your love is better than wine. So the people who have experienced the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God... It's not merely a dry intellectual understanding or grasp of concepts. This is their consistent testimony. Amen? Uh, I'm going to read a large quote, a long quote by A.W. Tozer that articulates this very, very well. Uh, I don't think it's projected on the screen, but I'm going to read it. It's a very powerful quote. It says this. It was this, which is the the sense of someone there, the presence of God, that filled with a binding wonder the first members of the Church of Christ. The solemn delight which those early disciples knew sprang straight from the conviction, the awareness, that there is one in the midst of them. They knew That the majesty in the heavens were confronting them on earth they were in the very presence of God and the power of that conviction to arrest attention and hold it for a lifetime to elevate and transform to fill with unspeakable joy and to send men to sing singing to prison and to death has been one of the wonders in history and a marvel of the world. And then he talks about dry intellectual knowledge. Some insist upon naked faith as the only way to know spiritual things. By this they mean a conviction of the trustworthiness of the word of God. A conviction, it may be noted, which the devil shared with them. But the man who has seen, who has been taught even slightly by the spirit of God, the spirit of truth, will rebel at that perversion. His language will be, I have heard him and observe him. What have I to do anymore with idols? For he cannot love a God who is merely uh, a deduction from a text. He will crave to know God with a vital awareness that goes beyond words and to live in the intimacy of personal communion. To seek divinity among, uh, merely in books and texts is to seek the living among the dead. Nothing can take the place of the touch of God in the soul and the sense of someone there. Real faith indeed brings such realization. Uh, anyway, I'm going to, <clears throat> it's such faith that talks about when, uh, in, uh, in Hebrews 11, when it says, and Moses left Egypt not afraid from the wrath of the king because he saw him ...who cannot be seen. That's what I'm talking about. When we have the spirit of wisdom and revelation... ...in the knowledge of God... ...when God is real in our spirits... ...and we are living in his presence... ...this becomes our reality and our testimony. Think about when Elijah... ...he was standing before King Ahab... ...and this is what he said. Thus says the Lord before whom I stand... He was more conscious of standing in the presence of God. Than he was in the presence of King Ahab. Who was the most powerful person in the nation at the time. Amen. Now this point number B. This revelation. How do we get this spirit of wisdom and revelation? What does the scripture say? Uh, Point B. This revelation the scripture says. Is proportional to the degree of our hunger and thirst towards things of God. Matthew 7:7, 7, 7, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and it will be opened to you. And the scripture contrasts for us: Matthew 5:6, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, with later on in Revelation 3, because you said, I am just fine, thank you. Then you will be turned away. Uh, As it says in Luke 1, 53. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away. So hunger and thirst for the things of God, for experiencing God, God responds by revealing himself to us. Amen? Number two. This revelation is connected to our desire to walk rightly before God. It's not connected to perfection. It's connected to our desire to walk right before God. Point number C. Again, Matthew 5, 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Now, we see God by the eyes of our heart. When Paul says that the eyes of your heart be enlightened. That's what... That's what this is about. And then again, Psalm 15. Lord, who may abide, who may communion with your presence? Uh, He who walks uprightly and works righteous and speaks truth. I'm not going to read all the verses, but you get the idea is that first, if we hunger and thirst for God, and if we attempt to walk rightly, desire to walk rightly with him, this God responds By revealing himself to us. Uh, And then. Point number five. I wanted to talk a little bit about. A few examples of the interaction. Of the Holy Spirit with us. Um, First. The Holy Spirit. Seeks to rest. In us, So some of the old uh, pre-Reformation saints, saints talked about God who rests in his saints. Who rests in his people. So the Spirit of God seeks to rest in you and me. And when we desire to walk with the Spirit of God, we experience his pleasure over us. So there's a difference between God's love for us and God's pleasure over our choices God loves everybody he loves the prodigal son like he loves someone who is in the you know in his house but he takes pleasure in the choices in our choices that's a different thing and when God takes pleasure in our in, in us he finds his rest in us and we experience this as rest and peace ourselves When we struggle with areas of compromise, the Spirit of God, because of His love for us, talks to us, engages with us, strives with us, you know, keeps trying to persuade us. And this is called striving. The Spirit of God strives with the human spirit. And we experience this as unrest. We experience this as anxiety, unrest, things like that. This is one example of... The spirit interaction with us, and this is what James four, five talks about, that the spirit he dwells, who dwells in us, yearns jealousy. Uh, and then another w- w- uh, area of the spirit interaction with us is to burden us with something, to cause us to uh, to stir us to do th- to do something. F- Philippians twelve thirteen. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. So sometimes if you are stirred to do something, start a ministry, volunteer for something in this church, sometimes it's good to recognize that, that this is not just your own idea. It may be the Spirit of God stirring your spirit to pursue that. Uh, Proverbs 21.1 The king's heart is in the hands of the Lord like rivers of water. He turns it whatever he wishes. God sometimes when He wants you to do something, when He calls you to do something, He will stir your heart to uh, your you feel a desire to do so. In Exodus 35, when the Israelites were about to build the temple, it says, And they came, everyone Whose heart stirred him. Amen. Another way. Is God sometimes guides us. In a specific direction. Again my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. Uh, And it is those who are. Led by the spirit of God. Are the children of God. As Romans 8 say. And it's interesting. That sometimes. uh, The leading of the Holy Spirit may not seem logical to us and give you a, a biblical example in Acts 16 6 it says now when they had gone through uh, Phrygia and the region of Galicia they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia now if you remember in Matthew 28 Jesus said to the disciples go to the whole world and preach the gospel so this doesn't really make sense here they are obeying Jesus they're supposed to go to the whole world. This is part of the whole world. And there is just something. I shouldn't go there now. So it's important to understand again. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Discern the voice of the Spirit. Do not lean on your own understanding. Sometimes if we have an intellectual approach to things. We rationalize things. And we miss the leading of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Uh, So I'm going to close by saying that the scripture says that we can grow. We can exercise this muscle. We can exercise the atrophied muscle uh, by paying attention and growing in discernment. And here's a couple of verses. Hebrew five, thirteen. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness for he is a babe but solid food belongs to those who are of full age that is those by reason of use by exercising paying attention to your spirit being aware of for lack of a better word gut feeling or you know intuition for us that's the spirit of God for those who are filled with the spirit of God Uh, by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil philippians 1:9 and this i pray that your love may abound still more and more in the in knowledge and in all discernment discernment is something that we can grow in by the spirit of god and then finally first samuel 3:7 now samuel did not yet know the Lord and the word of the Lord which is God's voice has not yet been revealed to him the scripture says that there was a time when Samuel did not recognize the voice of God and then there was a time afterwards in which he was able to recognize that so we can grow in discernment and hearing the voice of God so to sum- to, to summarize is that our walk with God is primarily in the spirit realm and the scripture teaches us that we should grow in discernment in recognizing the voice of god in our spirits and we should um, pray for the spirit as paul prayed uh, to the ephesians for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of god I'm going to invite the worship team and the the ministry team up, please. And if you, please stand up. And if you want to grow in your discernment, if you want to, uh, if something touched your heart and you want to pray for uh, the spirit of wisdom and revelation, you want to grow in hearing God's voice beyond intellectual grasp, the ministry team will be up here. And you are welcome to come up for prayer. Amen. Amen.